Mehine ko Jisi Takutama ko Julia Taku Engawa. Tena koto, tena koto, tena koto katoa. Thank you so much for having us, for having the team at World Vision this morning. It is an absolute pleasure to be with you. I'm going to ask, can we get this down in the fold back a bit? I'm hearing myself from all sides, which is scary. <laughs> all right, are we all good? Can you see some cards lying around? You don't need them right now, but I just want to um, bring them to your attention because we're going to need these a little bit later. They've got these wonderful QR codes. It's been good for people knowing how to use QR codes because a couple of years ago I did a ladies' conference and I thought I'd be really high-tech and I put QR codes up on the screen for the ladies to download some resources. And I had this beautiful lady, she had flipped open a phone which didn't have a camera on it and was standing at the back of the room just waving it around. <laughs> I think she thought it was just some by some magic it was going to appear. And I was like, oh, can I see your camera? She was I don't think it's got a camera. I was like, mm, it's not really how it works. But it's great because we've all come together now. But today we're not talking about me or my technical things. So my name is Julia Grace, but as I said, I'm here today representing the wonderful work of World Vision. And you guys have been doing some Matthew 25 challenge, and I know we're going to hear a little bit more about that later. Who, who slept on the floor? Oh, not you? No, no, a couple of people? Uh, who dodged that night? Well, because, yeah, I <laughs> love it. Honesty, best policy, we're in church. Um, I, I thought about it because the other day I, I went out and I didn't have any lunch, but for dinner I had a lot of chocolate. Does that count as a simple meal? <laughs> I thought, oh, I've just caught up, but no. But the reason that I love to be involved in the work of World Vision, I speak a lot around mental health and mental wellness, and I think I might be coming back some stage to do some of that. But today, one of our keys around mental wellness is actually around giving. It's around opening our perspective and being actually open to the perspectives of others. It's really good for our mental health. So I was brought up with a bit of a strong sense of justice as a child, but I wasn't brought up in any particular um, need. We're in a, a pretty, you know, white middle class Mount Ross School background. And, uh, but we did the 40-hour famine a lot. Who did the 40-hour family when they were kids? Yeah, I love it, fantastic. I'm also a school teacher, as was mentioned, and I've been asked, one of, one of the best questions I was asked in school uh, by one of the kids' parents, they said, how long is the 40-hour famine? <laughs> Good question. Although I've also been asked, what colour is this blue pen? So, you know, we're going to be there. But I was brought up in a situation where we were taught to... Look outside our perspective and see, you know, what other people... But I, I can't say that I really experienced that myself. I was brought up in a pretty... In, in the 80s in a pretty white kind of neighbourhood and we, we didn't have... We were very insulated from, I guess, a global perspective of the world. And I'll be honest with you about that. And as I've grown up, I've, I've looked outside my borders and said, wow, there's a lot out there that actually really needs... Um, an eye-opening view. And through World Vision, I've been able to um, learn a lot about that. So I'm just kind of giving a little bit of honesty. But my mum was brought up in, um, in a, a more of a poverty sort of a background. And so she taught us that even though we were comfortable, never take it for granted. And I really appreciated that. Now, I remember in the 80s once I was like, oh, why can't we have a spa pool? You know, everybody's got a spa pool. That means one person I know has a spa pool, by the way, if you've got teenagers, right, you know, because I was like, well, why can't we? And mum, who had been brought up with very little, she said, I'll give you a spa pool. 
She put me in the bath, in my togs, with an egg beater. <laughs> now, some of you are looking a bit worried. It wasn't an electric egg beater. She wasn't trying to kill me. <laughs> we used to have these things called hands, and they did stuff called work. But anyway. Um, but yeah, we were very much aware that what, what we could do to help, we should do to help. And actually, I think that that's a great place to be. And so today, I know you guys have been focusing on, on the Matthew Challenge, and you've been really aware of looking outside of yourselves. Now, I'm going to get this little clicker to work if it's the last thing I do. Um, big button. I'm clicking it. It's like the QR code, isn't it? Just need to wave it around. Hey, oh, look. See, I just waved it around. Stop it, Ian, stop it. <laughs> i hold it like a microphone and then you'll make it work. Oh, cheeky. All right. So what I thought I'd do today is actually just to start with a couple of songs. And uh, this one is, I guess, going back a little bit into my childhood. Who remembers the 70s? Yeah, you're dating yourselves. I know, that's all right. But um, there was a song in the 70s, uh, song in church that I always remember my mum helping me with. Oh, look. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Put that over there. Bit of a, uh, it's a, it's a medley of a couple of songs that I always remember my mum singing in church. And they talk about God making something beautiful out of things that don't look that beautiful on the outside. And I know for many of us here today, you know, we've been through a couple of years of real, uh, well, it's been awful, let's be honest, to put it really mildly. But we're here this morning because we believe that even though we've been going through so much stuff, we can still continue to be generous. We can still continue to help those um, in need. So this is something beautiful. Something beautiful Something good Oh my confusion He understood And all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife and he made something beautiful out of my life in his time in his time he makes all things beautiful in his time. Lord, please show me every day as you're teaching me a way that you do just what you say in your time. 
something beautiful something good all of my confusion he understood and all I had to offer was brokenness and strife and he made something beautiful out of my life thank you <laughs> I'd like to just uh, do a song and really dedicate it to the children that are going to be chosen today, the communities that your church and other churches, in fact, are joining together in an area called Nilfamari. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on, but you can see on the, on the screen there are beautiful little family who are in that area of Nilfamari in Bangladesh. And we are joining together with other churches with other groups, and sponsoring not just a small group of children, but an entire community, and bringing change and bringing focus into the area of Nilfamari today. So I thought I'll um, sing a song that's very close to my heart called Beautiful Survivor. Sometimes the night is so deep, you just cannot sleep. For all that's surrounding you, everything set circles your head. You feel like you're drowning, but here in the shadow, you know I won't leave you alone. I said I would never abandon you here on your own. Well, I'm always on your side, even when you struggle. It makes your wings grow stronger. You're a beautiful survivor. Sometimes wounds from a friend can hurt till the end, leaving you breathless. Hope that's the lane. Secrets betrayed, you're feeling defenseless. But here in the shadow, you know I won't leave you alone. I said I would never abandon you here on your own. This feels like more than you can bear. But it'll make you braver than you dare. 
I'm always on your side. Even when you struggle, it makes your wings grow strong now. You're a beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> it's always that awkward moment in church, eh? Do we clap? Do we not? Because we got a lots of different flavours and everyone does stuff differently. Basically, all you're doing is acknowledging that I'm finished and I'm moving on to the next part. So thank you. <laughs> Pentecostals are good because they just start clapping at the beginning and don't stop, but you know, that's, that's all good. So why, why are we here? Why are we going to give you the opportunity to take what is basically 50 bucks a month and change a community? The opportunity to, to see lives changed. And I actually want to start by saying, what does the scripture say about generosity? What does the scripture say about this? And Jesus, in his first gig... In his first event, in his first public outing, um, got up in the temple and he read this scripture. So he, it says that he, he went through, Jesus stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written. Now, without reading too much into it, my understanding was he didn't just do one of those like, you know, shut your eyes and open the scripture and see what happens. <laughs> you know, people do that. They're like, it says go. And you're like, oh, we need to go. Because um, you can find a lot of things in there. I found a, a verse in the New Testament that says, um, for I shall gladly spend. <laughs> Let's just meditate on that for a little bit, shall we? We're quite close to the mall. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, sometimes we pull stuff out. But Jesus went through and he unrolled the scripture and he found this one. So I feel like there was an intention here for his first, perhaps, reading. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Many of those things that we've practised this week in, in your challenge are covered there. And I reckon that if Jesus was big on justice, we should be too. If Jesus was big on bringing justice into the world, on opening our hearts to the sidelines, to those who are in need, then I reckon we should be as well. I think that should be really, really high on our list. And so that is why I choose to work with World Vision. Now the next slide's got a little picture uh, of my daughter. And a few years ago I actually got the privilege of going along into a group in Cambodia and seeing their work in action. And this was incredible. Let me tell you guys, when we send our money, I think sometimes our kids get the idea. I remember my daughter saying, you know, are we, sending, are we still sending Fiona 50 bucks a month? And I said, yeah. She goes, man, she must be so rich by now. Because <laughs> in her little mind, you know, someone's walking through the forest and going, 50 bucks. <laughs> you know, and for her it's a big deal. But actually what we're looking at is they are using it in such a creative way. And they are actually taking what is a relatively small amount. I, I had to get creative. I started sponsoring children as a single mum. 
and I had to get creative with my uh, my finances to do that. And I was like, you know, it's, it, it was a couple of coffees a week. It was buying some second-hand clothing, perhaps, instead of some new clothing. I'm a big fan of op shopping, so there was no hardship there, yeah. But it was creative ways of going, you know, even though I didn't have a whole lot, actually what I can do is still continue to show my kids that generosity is really important. And it was just so cool to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, I was sort of thinking, how do we get these measurable changes? And on the next slide, there's a group of women that we got to sit down with and see. And we had a beautiful moment. <laughs> so they're sitting there, and, and up turns this chick with a guitar from New Zealand. And they'll be like, who the heck is this? You know, and I sat down and sang them a song, and that was nice. But then I watched them in action in a World Vision organised group. And these ladies sat around in a circle, and they brought out a little savings box and they had been each one of them putting in the equivalent of about 10 cents a week but for them that was a lot because you know inflation and um, money stuff like you know you only have to go to England and you discover that money means different things in different parts of the world <laughs> and so for them that bought a lot and they were putting it into the box and I watched a lady as she rolled out not a fancy um, excel spreadsheet you know, no offence, she had an old book, she had a little pencil, and she very diligently recorded each one of their 10 cents as they put their money in. And these women felt a sense of ownership and a sense of power in communities where women were not given, you know, access to the money. I actually said to them, how come the men aren't in the group? They said, we don't trust them. <laughs> if we show them where the money is, they might steal the box. But, you know, that's not... Um, that. Not saying that would happen here, I'm just saying that happened over there. Um, sorry, just take that off the tape. Um, but these women, I could see the sense of agency as they were able to feel a bit of power. And I, I said to them through the interpreter, I said, what are you going to do, you know, with the money when you've got enough to do something? And, and the lady, the leader, she says, we are going to start by supporting the poorest woman in the group. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. They said, because she wants to start doing some farming and the World Vision guys have suggested that she start with some chickens and they get some chickens and then actually support them. And then I don't mean chicken like bring them, you know, some KFC, although that would be nice, but, you know, I mean help them to grow a chicken business because the whole point with World Vision is we don't just go in and give them KFC, we go in and 15 years later we have thriving businesses. The whole point of it is not that we just sponsor one child to be the one in the village who's wearing a nice outfit <laughs> and the others think, well, what's wrong with me? What we're doing is we are raising the standard of the whole village. They come in and they say, where are the needs? What are our most pressing needs? Safety, water, you know, the food, the, the things that are really important and to bring measurable change into those communities. To be able to, 15 years later or, or thereabouts, sign off and go, Nilfamari started here, and now people with some honour, people living with some mana, people living with a change in the way they are actually able to live. Now, I reckon, this next little slide here is, I reckon the how is as important as the why. We kind of know the why we do this. But one of the biggest reasons that I have chosen to be part of this is because of something that happened to me at Festival One. I walked into the World Vision tent and I thought, you know, I love World Vision and yeah, yeah, that's great, child sponsorship. Uh, you, you've got me on board. 
and I walked through a path. And by the time I got to the end, I watched a little video that you're going to see soon, and I was crying because World Vision has flipped the switch on how this works. Instead of us having the power to go, hmm, looking at a lineup of children, I'll have that one. You know, we'll take one of those and one of those. And what we've done is we've turned it on its head and we've allowed the children to get to choose. One of the things I love about what the work of World Vision is is that we create a situation where the parents can be the heroes of the story. Not me. I don't need to be the hero of these kids' story. What we do is we help their parents to raise businesses so that they can be their kids' hero. Does that make sense? I don't want to be the hero to them. I've got my own kids. What I want is for their mum and their dad to be important in their world. So we've turned it around, and in, in the next slide you see a gorgeous little boy there, and the children do the choosing. So how this works is as Church Northwest, we gather together today and we say, yep, we can do this. As your family, as a group, as, as you and, and a partner or you and your business or you on your own, however you want to do it, say, yep, I put my hand up, I'd love to be part of this. And what we do is we send your information to Nilfa Mari and they have a party and the kids get to choose you get chosen. Now, someone says, what if you don't get chosen? You will get chosen. There's heaps of kids. <laughs> Trust me, there's no shortage of kids over there. But the cool thing is for those kids, rather than it being like, an, how can I say this nicely, rather than a situation where they are down here getting helped like that, we lift them up and say, you get some choice. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you like some choice. You like a bit of power. We call this agency. We like a bit of feeling that, you know, I am a, a human that gets some choice. And the, the beautiful thing is, the bonus is that you get to be chosen. And it feels pretty special. Because you're going to come back in two weeks, I do believe. Is that when we're going to have our party? One week it's going to be. Change that. One week and you're going to find out who picked you. And that's pretty cool as well. The cool thing is you get to have like a pen pal sponsorship relationship with that child. You can get to know them. You can send them letters. You can send them those things and you can have that relationship. But around that is a lifting of the whole community as well. Yes, it's a financial commitment. But the impact that commitment has, if you can get creative on how you can gather that money, that $50 a month, the multiplication of that is just absolutely incredible. So let's get practical. You know, sometimes we, we give good thoughts and, and ideas and we think, oh, yes, I see the need, I see the problem. But I think the challenge is, is the next scripture. In James chapter 2, he says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food, no clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, get well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. If I could paraphrase this into modern words, thoughts and prayers aren't cutting it. We've got to put our money where our mouth is. Sometimes we've got to look at the practical needs. Now, <laughs> I have a little story of something that happened to me when I was young. It's a bit of an embarrassing story, but... 
we were doing a prayer group um, in a, a church right in the middle of the city, and we did like an overnight prayer meeting. Now, we were young and enthusiastic. Who remembers being young and enthusiastic? Yep. <laughs> Who's still enthusiastic? No, I'm kidding. Um, right. You know when you were young and you thought, yeah, I'm going to do stuff all night, and then now I'm like 9 p.m.? I'm into booking early dinner, like 5.45 for dinner, 8 o'clock I'm back home in bed, non-night. <laughs> those are nana hours. But anyway, in those days we were like up late and we thought, we're going to pray. And that was awesome. Like there's, I'm not denigrating that at all. But we were praying in this church and we were uh, on Simon Street in the city. And as we were there gathered, um, we were praying fervently and this, this, this man came in and he heard us in the church and he, he probably thought, you know, maybe I could get some help. Now, as he came in, um, we sort of pounced on him because we're like, oh, you know, a visitor, a convert. Woohoo, we've got somebody. Come on in. So we, we drew him in and we're like, come on in, come on in. Now, in hindsight, we probably needed to address his physical needs. But at the time, we just were very, very spiritual and we just wanted to pray for him. So we're like, come in, get in the middle of the circle. So we started praying from the guys that were looking a bit confused. You know, now we were from a Pentecostal background. Anyone Pentecostal? Yeah, okay, so um, so we thought one of us got real brave and decided he needed a little bit of deliverance. Now, um, I, don't <laughs> I don't recommend this on people you don't know, so I'm just not saying that. But anyway, we pull him in and we're like, anyway, someone, <laughs> one of them raises his hand, he goes, name yourself! And the guy goes, Steve! <laughs> Needless to say, Steve never came back, but... Um, <laughs> Steve was possibly inoculated from church from there on. But my point is, when I look back now, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, what we probably should have been like, Steve, do you need a cup of tea? Like, Steve, do you need something? Can we do something? Can we connect you with an agency, with a group? You know, probably what he really needed, as well as the care, as well as the love, as well as the prayer. And I'm not saying it's an either or. Because faith and works is like two legs. It's like faith and works and faith and works and we pray and we do the things that are behind the scenes and and the background and we understand that that's so important but then we do the stuff and we do the faith and then we do the stuff and today we want to put those two together I know your guy's heart is for generosity. I know your guy's heart is to think about those in Nilfamari and be like, yep, we totally would love to have, you know, great things happen for them. But I also want to say, let's put something practical onto that. Let's put some legs onto your great ideas. Let's get chosen. So we're going to watch a little video today. Warning, made me cry. Um, we're going to do something we've never done before. Watch this.
feels like a simple switch, but it feels really good, the way we're doing this. You know, I'm so excited to see who will be chosen later on this morning. We're going to, in a moment, have a time of communion. And during that time, I just want you to hold this feeling. As we go, we're going to sing and we're going to do some of the, you know, the things that, that need to be done. But if you feel in your heart today that this is something you want to do, I encourage you to hang on to that feeling. On your seats, you've got these cards with our QR codes. And we want to make sure that we get you connected correctly to this, <laughs> you know, your church, to this group. And so what we're going to ask you to do when you do that is to click through on a QR code here on your phone. You know how to do that. And if you don't, please come and see us and we'll help you and support you with that. And what it does, the link comes up with a, uh, a payment and some information. You pop that in. And when you finish, it will give you another code to bring to us. And then we will continue that. And so we're going to be out the back there, just through here at the end of the session. Look, if that's all too hard and you think, oh, I'm a bit confused by that or by the time you've come to the end of the service you've forgotten there's a text number on the screen chosen five means church northwest so that connects you guys with there and uh, making sure that that all happens um, correctly but can I just encourage you like I said to you know if your heart's with us and you know that you can make this happen please Come and see us at the end. Grab one of those cards and we look forward to you being back next week and being part of being chosen.